friend. Welcome back. It is season 13 of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. We're kicking it off today with a solo episode. I usually like to start and end my seasons, most of them at least, maybe not all, with a solo episode to give you a little bit of the behind the scenes of what's been happening in my life. Sometimes we have a lot of guest interviews back to back, which I love because we've had some amazing guests this past couple seasons. But then I don't get to share what's happening in my world. So I thought we'd do that today. Give us a kickoff. And then I'll tell you a little bit about some of the topics and guests I have coming on later this season because it's going to be good. So where to start? Let's start with the homestead. So we have had the most wet, green, beautiful spring that I can even imagine since I moved to Wyoming, which has been such a relief after the drought we experienced last year. I know many of you also experienced that drought, especially those of you who live in the West. And it's just hard when you see your ground brown and dry. And last year, the grass never really got a chance to fully green up. We didn't have thunderstorms. We didn't have rain. We didn't have anything last year. There wasn't enough for the animals to eat without supplemental hay, which was expensive. And so this year to have the gift of almost, we've almost had a rainstorm every afternoon. We've had inches of rain dumped on us in single settings, which I know in some areas of the country, that's not great. But here that is the best thing I can possibly imagine. And so to have grass up to my mid thigh and it's still early summer is just incredible. So really thankful for that this year. Nothing makes you appreciate rain more than a drought. We've also had a lot of wild weather. I don't know if some of you may have seen it on the news. We've had a ton of tornadoes in our area. We haven't had any close to our homestead, but we've had multiple tornado warnings. The other day we were out milking the cow we have some interns here, some really awesome interns who are spending the summer with us. And we were all out doing chores and all of a sudden all our phones went off at the same time with the tornado alert. Like, take shelter now. And we're like looking around. I'm like, yeah, you don't say anything. It's probably fine. (laughs) So we we finished milking and then came inside. I promise, guys, if there was an actual tornado, we would go in the basement. We're not that crazy. But anyway, always something exciting here on the homestead. We did have hail, substantial hail last night for the first time. The hail net did great. It protected my little garden. So yeah, wild weather this year, but I am not going to complain about the rain ever. So you will not hear me say one negative thing about the rain. What else? Let's see. We, I've been gearing up for the book launch. I feel like that's all consuming. It took me two years to write it or I don't know, 18 months to write it. And now the writing is done and now it's all about getting it out into the world. So you guys have probably heard me talk about it here and there on social media. September 26th is the day where it enters the world. So there's just a lot that goes into that. Maybe I'll do an episode later on just the ins and outs of what it actually takes to write and launch a book for those of you who are uh, aspiring authors, because it's a big deal. Like it's a multi-year project. And so just working on that. I might be doing some traveling along with a tour later this fall. So I'll be posting more about that to see if I'll be in your area doing some signings. I will be at the Homesteaders of America conference in, in October. So just maybe we could meet up. I'll sign some books and meet some of you during that whole period of things. Also, for those of you who haven't pre-ordered yet, the bonuses, we put together some outrageous pre-order bonuses. Those are going to be going away on launch week. So those are only available to those who grab the book early. So if you want to do that, head on over to old fashionedbook.com and you can get all of those bonuses as my thank you gift to you. Okay, so I wanted to talk about a really big event in my life today. It wasn't going to be the pivotal focus of my summer, but it has ended up being. 
a big focus of my summer. Definitely not what I expected, not what I was wanting, but it's ended up being a really good learning experience. And so I wanted to share some of the revelations I've had from that today, especially because it's related to this topic of building community. And you guys know that I've been speaking to that a lot lately. I have a whole chapter in my upcoming book about this old-fashioned idea of community. I've been sharing bits and pieces of us investing in our little town of Chugwater. And we bought the soda fountain and we're helping start a charter school, which is still happening. But that's been a whole thing. When that is said and done, I'm going to have Christian come on and we're going to do a full a tell-all of the charter school because that has been... You could make a movie, guys. It's been incredible, that challenge. But anyway, I've shared a lot about building community. And I think sometimes as it does on social media, things are easily romanticized. And I'm guilty of that, just like anyone else. It's way more fun to share the happy, fun, heartwarming things about homesteading or community or entrepreneurship than it is to share the struggles and the times where you're lying in a pile on the floor, not sure if this was the right choice. But you guys know I love, or I maybe not love, but I understand the importance of vulnerability. And I want you guys to see both sides of the story. And so I think Maybe a side of the story I haven't shared fully is the tough parts about building community. I, a lot of times when I post about it on Twitter or Instagram, well, people love it. They love hearing about our small town's revival. And they were saying things like, I want to do this or I want to see this happen in my town. And I think that's fantastic. And I hope that happens. But I want to give you some of the challenges as well so you know what to expect. And so when you start taking these actions in your own world, you're not completely blindsided when things get tough, or you start to maybe doubt the calling. Because I have been there in the last few months. I'll be honest, <laughs> I have been doubting that. There have been a couple times recently where I looked at Christian and I'm like, I, I'm done. I want to be done. I want to go back to being a hermit on the homestead and let the community just burn it all down. Just let it burn, which that wasn't a true 100% statement, but that's what I was feeling at the time. And I think it's normal to have those moments and we need to acknowledge that we can have those feelings and have those moments of discouragement. And it doesn't mean we should throw in the towel. So I wanted to share that with you today. So this is all revolving around some developments that have happened at the Soda Fountain over the last couple months. And it started off innocently enough, I'd say April, we started to have a turnover of staff because as, or maybe you don't know, I don't work at the Soda Fountain every day. My Our goal in purchasing that was for it to become one of the businesses in our portfolio and not like our main focus, which in the entrepreneurial world is pretty common. Like I know lots of people who have 10 or 15 businesses and they have owner or they start, they have operators in each of those businesses. And that's how it works. It's not like they're in there running those businesses every day because one single person can't do that. It takes teams. And so our goal with the Soda Fountain has always been to have a team there that not only helps us run the restaurant, but we can help them rise up. We can give them training. We can create jobs in our small community and we can create like that positive workplace. And so that's always been our intention. And we've had a pretty solid team over the last two-ish years since we bought it. But in April, we started to experience some turnover. And a lot of those reasons were unrelated. So we had people move away. We had people break up with significant others and they didn't want to be in town anymore. We had one dear friend fall off a ladder and hurt her back and she physically couldn't work. And so it was like one after the other, I started to lose people. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're dropping like flies and I don't know what to do. And so we were working on hiring. There was 
staffing shortages all over the country right now. I'm sure you've seen the signs in stores. So that is exacerbated when you live in a town with a population of 175 people, not 175,000, 175, period. We've always had, I think, a lot of employees considering our low population, but we get those periods where there's transition and it was getting a little rough. So we started to lose our workforce and I'm going, oh my gosh, we're rolling into summer and I don't know how we're going to staff the restaurant because we are slammed in the summer. It's so busy. And so I was feeling tension, but I'm like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then we started to lose a few more people and then it all came to a head when the person who had been managing decided to to leave really without warning without notice without helping us transition into a new manager it was just like she's gone it threw me into crisis mode as you can imagine i'm running the homestead i'm running other businesses i'm trying to launch a book we have events we have visitors and i got left holding this bag of responsibility and i got to figure out what to do with it and so i have felt a lot of things the last couple months as I have worked through this. If you hear me being careful with my words on this episode, I am being careful with my words on purpose because there's more I could say here. I don't wish to smear anyone or badmouth anyone, especially on a platform. This is a public platform, and so I don't want things to be misconstrued. So I'm going to be careful what I say. But as we started to get into what was happening at the soda fountain. I realized there were things that weren't great. There were things that was happening that was not how we desire our teams to be, not how we desire our businesses to be. And there was stuff happening under the surface that I wasn't aware of that needed to be addressed. And normally as an entrepreneur, that's something that I look forward to addressing and tackling. I was hit with this feeling of incredible overwhelm because that was being presented to me in the midst of a very chaotic time of life. And so I've, I learned some lessons. I honestly, I had some meltdowns at the beginning. I didn't just immediately approach this with positivity. Ask my husband. There was absolutely times where I had, honestly, a considerable crisis of faith and questioning like, why did we ever decide to do this soda fountain thing? Why did I ever think I could help this little town? I had some woe is me moments. I had some poor me moments. I had some victim-y moments. I had some times where I just wanted to throw in the towel. But as I've worked through it and applied the lessons that I've learned throughout my life, some of that has come from the homestead, some of that has come from other places, I've come out with some gifts from this experience. And I wanted to share those with you today. Number one, because it's been something that is like occupying all of my time and my mental bandwidth at the moment. But I think some of these lessons, in fact, I know they can be things that you can take into your own life and your homestead. Because sometimes the homestead informs other areas of my life and sometimes other areas of my life inform the homestead. So these are the lessons that I have been learning and wrestling with this summer. And I hope that some of these will help you, whether you own a restaurant or not. I'm guessing most of you don't. It's really not about restaurants. It's about community and it's about stick-to-itiveness and it's about pushing through the hard stuff. Here are my biggest lessons of so far summer. 2023. Okay, so number one, this may be, this is really applicable if you own a small business, but also very applicable for a homesteader or anyone who's just running any sort of big project or an enterprise. And yes, I think a homestead or a family with lots of moving pieces is something that absolutely falls in that category. So number one, write it down. So as this chaos hit us, 
at the soda fountain and I found myself with no manager and no experienced staff members. Like nobody knew anything but me there, which is not ideal, right? As a business owner, I want the knowledge of the company to be spread among multiple people. I don't want it all to be in my head. And so I found myself in this situation where I was the only one who knew where to order things. And I was the only one who knew how to make a milkshake. And I was the only one who knew how to open the doors on the building to, to get in the morning. So that's not ideal, right? That puts a lot of responsibility on me. And so I realized that I needed to share the wealth on that information. So last summer, I had spent some time writing SOPs. And then in the business world, that stands for Standard Operating Procedures. And that sounds really complicated, but all it is just detailed lists of how to do every single thing in your business down to the smallest detail. And oftentimes, I know for me, my brain works fast. I like to be a DIYer. I am a self-starter. And sitting down to write the instructions for what I'm doing is annoying and cumbersome. And so I don't like to do it. However, what I realized is that time I spent last summer putting together this binder of how to do everything from how to make a deposit to how to clean the fryer to where we order our ice cream. It it wasn't completely finished, but it was about 80% finished. And that silly little binder has saved my life, you guys. Like it has saved my life. And we were able to find a new manager to act fast. So I had the old manager, she had told me she was done. And I had the new manager hired within 30 minutes because I had, I had, she had come in to apply for a job and I immediately called her and said, Hey, would you like your waitress job to be upgraded? And you haven't even started yet. So I had that new manager hired, thankfully, but she wasn't trained. And so I was able to roll her in and she was able to use that binder and we worked together and we started to add to that binder and that was a game changer. And and now as I'm training an entirely new staff of fantastic people, but again, they're green, they're new, they don't know all the things. I have leaned on that silly binder and I've made more pages of that binder over and over again. And it's just saving me from repeating myself over and over. And so I learned, I knew that was important, but this last few months has taught me the absolute importance of that. And even if you don't have a business, I'm going to encourage you to take this principle and apply it to your homestead stuff. You may not have a whole team on your homestead, but you may have a spouse, you may have children, you may someday have employees or helpers. You may just have yourself, but I don't know about you, but the older I get, if I don't write it down, it does not stick in my brain. And even just year to year in the garden, I won't remember what I planted where. I won't remember what variety of tomato I put in. Heck, even this spring, I have all those raised beds and they all look the same. So I have to number them. And I had written a note in my phone as I was planting the beds to know, okay, bed 16 has radishes, bed 18 has this type of bean. And then as I was waiting for those seeds to sprout, a week or two later, I had already forgotten. So I had to go look at the note in my phone to remember what I had written down. So I'm interrupting this episode for just a second to give you a very important canning lid update. Because, well, people like you and me care about these things. Some of you may remember back in 2020 that I did a video that ended up going viral all about reusable canning lids. They were a great option for that season when you basically couldn't find metal lids in stores. It was a huge problem. There was a lot of drama about it. And this type of reusable lid worked pretty good. They had a slightly higher rate of failure, but they were a great option versus like just not canning at all. However, I recently heard from that company and because of supply chain shortages, they've had to move over to disposable gaskets. 
And so because of that, I've been looking for a different option. Now, last fall, when I was at a homesteading conference, I met the owners of a brand new company and they gave me some lids to try, but I was hesitant to tell you about them until I had a chance to put the lids to use and see how they really worked. However, eight months in, I've been using these lids exclusively and I am so impressed. The name of the company is Four Jars and basically they just kind of check all the boxes for me. These lids seal beautifully. They are heavy duty. You can purchase them in bulk for a discount. They have free shipping options and they're a small family owned company that really cares about their product and their customers. So I am so happy to be using these lids now. And if you'd like to give them a try, you can head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash four jars. Use code PURPOSE10 to get a discount. And I'll drop all that info down in the show notes. So now back to our episode. So I'm going to encourage you, if you are running a household or you're running a homestead or you're running a small business, start making a binder of standard operating (laughs) procedures. And that way, when you roll in someone else, it's going to be so much easier. But even just yourself, I forget how I've done things. I forget how I canned this thing one year to the next, or I'll forget when, oh my gosh, I always forget when we breed the milk cows. Always. And I'll forget what was we use brown Swiss semen, right? I have brown Swiss heifers. And so we use semen from a catalog. I'll forget which bull we use. I'll forget the date we did it. I'll forget when we preg tested him. So spring will roll around. I'll be like, wait a second, which cow was bred? Which one wasn't bred? Which one is bred to what bull? And so just writing those things down is a game changer. And I find that there's so many little things that we just store in our brain that creates friction in our life. And it's just the tiniest bit of friction. So we don't really address it. But man, if you can eliminate this little bit of friction and this little bit and this little bit, it all adds up. And it just gives me so much more peace and it helps me sleep better. I feel less anxious and it goes a long way. Big lesson for me this summer in business and in life, write it down. It, whether it's a password, whether it's a procedure in your kitchen, write it down. It's going to save you bandwidth and that's something that matters. Okay. Big lesson for me, number two, that applies to restaurants, business, and also homesteads is actually something I learned or I started ruminating on it back in the first episode of our previous season, the episode with Rob Abus from Verge Permaculture. Epic episode, one of my favorites of all time. And he shared this concept that the problem is the solution. Now, I think on the homestead, at least for me, that's easier to see. And Rob gave the example in that episode of, if you have an abundance of slugs in your garden, you don't have a slug problem, you have a duck deficiency because ducks eat slugs, right? And he's let the problem, not just be a problem, but let that point you to the solution. And so on the homestead, it's easy for me to find those things or easier for me to be creative. When I see weeds in my garden, let's say I have a lot of one type of weed, I can go, instead of a weed problem, I have a mulch deficiency, right? The weeds are pointing the way to the solution that is just there waiting for me to find it. And that feels simple and logical. I find in other areas of life that principle still holds true, But you have to be a little more creative and dig a little deeper in order to find those truths. And so once again, though, I was invited to become creative as this chaos of this problem at the soda fountain presented itself to me. And I realized the problem, which I really wanted to hold on to that problem. 
And I had all sorts of stories around that problem. Oh, woe is me. And here I am stuck holding this mess. And I was left with this disaster. And this isn't right. And it shouldn't be this way. I had to hold on to that problem. And when I let go of that and go, okay, wait, what is the solution here? This, if the problem is the solution, what is the solution that's waiting to be discovered? And I realized that instead of sitting there wishing that it hadn't happened or wishing that it had been different, that this was an invitation for me to step back into the business and do a little bit of an overhaul of some things that unbeknownst to me had not been running very well. And when I started to shift my perspective, I started to feel less irritable about the whole situation and started to look at it from more of that growth mindset or that problem-solving mindset. And as silly as that sounds, as little as that seems, it made a big difference. And so I realized that even though the timing wasn't great for me, because I really didn't want to be overhauling the restaurant in the middle of garden season, summertime, and a book launch, it needed to happen. And it was it's going to make a stronger business in the long run. It already is actually making a stronger business. And so rather than seeing this as this horrible and obnoxious problem, I started to see it as an invitation towards a better solution. And so that's been it's been good. I've gone in, we have revamped so many of our processes and our procedures. We've had an opportunity to reset the attitude of the team and improve the morale and fix some just simple processes that weren't working. We've been able to fix some problems with the cust. I didn't realize customers were being told certain things. And so we were able to fix that up. So it ended up being good. But once again, I had to think of it in a different way. Good lesson in life in general is so easy to focus on the problem. But what if, you know, the problem is the way or the mess is the message? And I found that so many times in my life, as long as I'm just willing to think about it differently. Then, okay, so that was number two. Number one, write it down. Number two, the problem is the solution. Number three, this was a biggie. Remember why you started. During those initial few days of this chaos, like I, I won't bore you with the details, y'all, but if you could have seen my calendar as it stood, and then you could have seen what it meant to have this restaurant fiasco thrown in my lap at that time, it's almost laughable. It was just almost ridiculous how impossible it was to coordinate all that. And so I definitely was, I definitely was grouchy about it just because you hear me on this episode coming with these nice little lessons and catchphrases packaged up in a pretty little bow doesn't mean there wasn't some dark times there the first few days, especially. And Christian really helped me through that. He's my sounding board, my cheerleader, and he keeps my head on straight so many times. And I'm just like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I definitely had a pity party for a little bit. I was telling myself things like, why did I ever want to build community? What's wrong with me? Why didn't I just stay in my lane and stay on the homestead? I felt sorry for myself. I'm like, why? how many authors who are trying to launch a book are also trying to figure out how to order French fries? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be doing this. And I was grumbling and feeling grouchy about it. And then one morning, I was getting ready to head in back to the soda fountain to solve a bunch of problems. And Christians remember why we did this in the first place. And I was like initially grouchy. So I'm like, I don't remember. I don't know why we did this. We should have never done it. And he's, yes, you do. Stop. You know exactly why we did this. And so I paused and he was right. The calling I felt... Two and a half years ago, when we were preparing to buy this soda fountain, it's still true and it still holds. And you guys, you can go back to those episodes where I think I did a couple where we were preparing to buy it or we had just bought it. That is still true. That didn't change, even though it got maybe buried under stress and overwhelm. And so 
just taking a minute to remember that and remember those feelings and remember that vision was a game changer for me because I started to see myself not as a victim anymore. But hey, if I am following this calling, I can't expect it to be easy all the time. I can't expect it to be just sunshine and roses and the way to be smooth and to never have issue because if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? If it was easy to rebuild a restaurant in a town of 175 people, then it would have been done a long time ago. And so for some reason with my personality, knowing that I'm leaning into something that's hard but good, that gives me motivation. I just I just thrive in those situations of knowing that I'm pushing against something hard, but we're doing it anyway. And I know maybe you're that same way, but it helped. And interestingly enough, I also found an article that resurfaced on Facebook a couple days ago, or sorry, not a couple days ago, a couple days into this fiasco. And it was from NBC News back in 2015. And it was about our little town. They had done a story on dying rural towns. And our town was the feature. And they had quotes from people I know. And the town prognosis was very different back in 2015. And it was a sad article. Like the article made me sad because it was saying things like, we don't know how to revive this town. We don't know what's going to happen. No one wants to live here. Nothing is happening. And it was just this very much kind of a downer article. And as I read that, fast forward eight years to 2023, our town is still small, but it has changed considerably, y'all. Like the soda fountains up and running. We have a mercantile now across the street from us. A charter school is going to be opening this fall, which is getting state attention for its ingenuity and how it's going to be educating children. Our chili cook-off, which is the highlight of our town's year, it's our big event, did fantastic this year. I think we had record attendance. It was smooth. Everyone was happy. They just built a new arena in town. We're holding ranch rodeos. Like Good things are happening in this town. And man, I'm so happy to be a part of that. I'm not all of it, right? There's a whole bunch of people who are making this happen, but I'm really happy to be a small piece of that with the soda fountain. And so that perspective is everything. And I think this absolutely applies to your homestead as well, because there will be days on the homestead where you question why you're doing this. When animals are dying and you have stillborn goat babies or the milk cow calf dies or your garden gets hailed out or your chickens all get massacred by a fox in one single swoop, you are going to question why you did this, why you ever thought this was a good idea and why you just don't choose the easy path of living in town with a goldfish like everyone else. And so I invite you when you start to find yourself in those moments of feeling sorry for yourself or wondering why life is happening to you, remember why you started. Sometimes you even write it down in a journal if you have to now. If you're feeling good about it now, write down all of that while it's fresh and it feels positive so you can go back because the calling doesn't change and it's still worth it. And we can't always expect things to be simple when we're doing the hard things. And so to bring it full circle to this idea of community, if your hard thing right now is community like mine, honestly, doing things on the homestead for me feels like a cinch, feels like a breeze compared to being involved in the messiness of other people and small towns. So as beautiful and as inspiring and as romantic as small town America can be, it's also tough. And there are times when it's extremely messy and it's extremely disheartening. There is a lot of gossip in small towns. I think there's gossip in all towns, but it's really evident in small towns. It travels fast. Sometimes it's hilarious. 
how stories change or just come out of nowhere without even a shred of truth. It's fascinating. There are people who, even if you have good intentions towards them, they will not have good intentions to you. And you just have to be willing to accept that and move on. It's messy. It's human. It's complicated, but it's still worth it. And I've been reading Wendell Berry's latest book, The Need to Be Whole. It's really good. And in there, it's, a, it's about a lot of things. It's about patriotism and prejudice and it has civil war parts and it talks about racism. And it's a really good book. But one of the themes that he talks about, and it comes up frequently, is just this love of place and how frequently in our modern world, we don't have roots anymore. We don't have loyalty to a place, to a location, to a region, to a piece of land. And he talks about how crucial that is and how precious that is. And as I was reading that, especially during this season of difficulty in building community and dealing with a mess of other humans and my own humanness, I was reminded that this is worth prioritizing. It's worth prioritizing being loyal to a place, even a quirky little place like Chugwater that a lot of people don't see value in, but I do. And that's worth pursuing. And you may be in that situation yourself. Maybe it's a quirky little town like mine. Maybe it's a piece of neglected land. Maybe it's a suburban neighborhood that you're trying to rally community in that. It's worth it. And building loyalty to those communities is something that is valuable, even when it's hard. And so those are the biggest lessons of this last season for me. At the time of this recording, things are looking up at the Soda Fountain. We have some incredible new staff members coming on. They're learning quickly. We're using the binders and the standard operating procedures, and they're getting trained. The morale there is a lot better. It's a lot happier. The, just the energy has lifted. And so it's a good thing. We made it through the tough part. There'll be more tough parts. I am not so naive to think that we're done with that, but it's good. And we're rolling towards book launch, we're rolling into summer. And so good things, but lots of lessons to be had. And I'm thankful for them, even though it was rough there. It was rocky for a while. So that's my little update for you. I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season on the podcast. I don't have a theme for it. I was trying to like make everything fit into a theme, but it just didn't want to. So I decided to not force it. I have some awesome guests. We are covering all sorts of topics. I have Brent Hull coming on to speak to architecture. He is a restorationist and a traditional home guru. He has some fascinating things to say about why houses changed over the years, what he's discovered in renovating them, and how you can bring some of the ingenuity and just that special feel of an old home into a new home. Because like some of you, I don't have a fully old farmhouse. I have a half old farmhouse and a new construction add-on. And so he had some great thoughts. We're going to have a couple episodes on building home, building community, building a place for your family and to host and to just start creating those relationships because I'm really passionate about that right now, even though that's been a sticky spot for me lately. I think it's still absolutely important. I have Charles Mayfield, the pig guy coming back on. We had so much fun talking about lard and things. Last time he's coming on to speak to how to make your own lard. We're going to talk about field processing, how to find a butcher, all that stuff. We have some deep dives into compost, like nitty gritty, how to make really good compost at home. Maria Faela is going to come on and talk about plants and what they do for us beyond just the food aspect or, you know, getting us exercise out in the garden. I have found during this last period of chaos in my life, 
the biggest thing my body was, my body craved, like when I'd come home from a really stressful day at the soda fountain, I was feeling just depleted. My body wanted one thing and that was to be outside with the plants. It was almost this pull that I could not ignore. And I would go out in the garden and I really felt like this season, it was the garden nurturing me more than me nurturing it. And it would be 10 minutes of sitting in the garden. One day I took my coffee. I was just like fried feeling. I just was stressed. I just felt done. And I just took my coffee and I had this tree on my porch and just stood in the tree. I'm just like, I need to be close to nature. I need to be feeling the grass in my feet. I need to be feeling the soil in my hands. And so Maria is going to talk about why that is, why we crave that thing, those things and how we can bring them into our life. Even if you live in an apartment or you live in the city, it's going to be a good season. Also, most of, or not most, but many of my best guest recommendations have come from you guys. You guys have sent me emails, given me tips on who to have on. You've nominated yourself or you've nominated other people. We have a form over on the blog. If you go to theprairiehomestead.com and click podcast in the top menu, there's a form to be a guest or nominate a guest. So you guys have really awesome recommendations that I'm always excited to hear who you'd like to have on. So Anyway, I hope this episode is helpful for you today. It was helpful for me to talk through it and just process some of this stuff. So if you're going through some sticky times on your homestead or in your community right now, keep on trucking, friends. It's worth it. The lessons are a gift, even when we can't see it at that exact point in time. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I'm excited for the next episode coming up. And I'll catch you next time on the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.